Coming up in this episode, Randy and I are going to talk about all kinds of things, like the idea of some bike companies going all electric. We'll also talk about proper braking techniques and just a horn of plenty of other random bullshit. So stick around. Shut up and sit down. Welcome to Random Thoughts from the Road on the Ozark Rides Digital Network. Conversations about motorcycles, any random thoughts that pop into our head, and of course, one of the best places to ride in America, the Ozark Mountains of Missouri and Arkansas. And now, here's your host from OzarkRides.com, Craig Allen and Randy Lewis. You know, riding the long, lonesome highway or back roads aren't always the smoothest. Hitting the occasional pothole or rut can take its toll on your ride. Whether it has two wheels or four, keep Heartland Honda in Springdale in mind. They can service and repair your on-road or off-road vehicle. And when it's time for something new or pre-owned, Heartland Honda in Springdale can fix you up. Check them out online at heartlandhonda.com or give them a call at 479-751-7022. Heartland Honda. Work hard. Play hard. You meet the nicest people at Heartland Honda. There he goes, finally off to work. You know, it's been six months since his accident. He just got his new bike, was going to take it for a spin around the block. Some idiot looking at his phone ran a stoplight and plowed right into him. Steve was hurt pretty bad. Thank goodness he was wearing a helmet. And thank goodness for Schmidt Law Firm. Motorcycle accidents happen. Schmidt Law Firm will prove negligence and help you get full recovery. Find them online at KansasCityLawyers.com. Put Schmidt Law Firm on your side of the table because motorcycle accidents do happen. Heading out on the open road is the perfect way to spend a beautiful day. Located deep in the heart of the Ozarks, Pulaski County, Missouri doesn't disappoint with its breathtaking scenic views. Some of the pit stops you need to check out as you make your way through the countryside include tributes to veterans and active armed forces members at Fort Leonard Wood, the John B. Mahaffey Museum Complex, Memorial Grove, Freedom Rock, and many more. Historic sites like the 1903 Courthouse Museum, the Old Stagecoach Stop, and the Rubidoux Spring Cherokee Campsite. The Bow and Barrel Sportsman Center, featuring an indoor gun and archery range. The Uranus Entertainment Complex, a truly out-of-the-world experience full of quirky finds and home to the most delicious fudge along the Mother Road. And some popular food and drink stops, including Home Plate Grill, 28 Shots Bar and Grill, Sweetwater Barbecue, The Tap on Route 66, Hopper's Pub, The Burger Stand, Piney River Tap Room, Route 66 Taco and Wings, and Sweet Peas Barbecue. Find more great places and plan out your ride at visitpulaskicounty.org. Well, thanks for joining us for another episode of Random Thoughts from the Road. With me, as always, is Randy Two-Toed Lewis from Bike Works in Urbana, Missouri. Have you noticed the uh, sexy voice? Yeah, buddy. Yeah, I know. I know. You got that you Got that sweet radio voice going. Yeah, that, that's what it is. Yeah. Frogger. So, uh, getting over a little strep throat, but sure, that's what it is. Maybe I'm contagious, maybe I'm not. You'll find out in a day or two. Yeah, have you had a good week? Man, it's been another week. Business is same usual. shit, different day. Pretty much. You rode up here today on a motorcycle. 
Yeah. Who, who would have thought? thought? Yeah. Not me. Exactly. So? Yeah. It's a 13th Street Glide that it's one of my bikes that I've had for a minute. I sold it. The guy's making payments on it. So part of the agreement was I'm going to ride that bitch. Is this the same one you let me ride yeah. a while back? Yep. Same one. Does it still have those ape hangers on it? Well, of course. What uh, else would I have? Okay. Well, so I don't think we need to talk about what to do to get your bike ready for yeah. uh, spring riding, summer riding. We've beat that horse to death. But there is a couple of things that I would like to talk about. Shoot. And that is things that might work loose. This is not getting your bike ready. It's just, it's more of a preventative maintenance. Yeah, I see where you're going with that. Because if it's been sitting around for a while, you haven't ridden it, aside from getting it ready, this is something you should do on a weekly basis anyway. Loose bolts, you know, things like that. What are some key areas you should at least eyeball a little bit? So typically what happens is you get your bike ready for the riding season. And then you beat that bitch up all summer long. Well, then once it turns cold, you pretty much just push it over in the corner. Some guys do. And then that's where it sits. And then once you get ready for the next season, you typically do services, tires, brakes, bullshit like that. So what I found, there's two things that I really see that people really need to be checking. That's kind of outside of the normal spec. Typically, guys that trailer their bike a shit ton, say they trailer out out to better riding weather or say they trailer to you know a, a rally or an event a lot of guys don't understand how to strap their motorcycle pr- appropriately and what do i see everybody do is they freaking ratchet strap to their handlebars now yeah it works and it holds but the problem with that is is it puts so much stress on your riser bushings the bushings in your triple trees where your handlebars bolt the risers and the risers bolt down to the triple trees there's a bushing in there Well, then you get on it and those bars are a little floppy. They move a little bit. Or say you're a guy that really puts a lot of pressure moving them forward, moving them back. Uh, It it wears those riser bushings out. So that's one thing that I typically check is are your bars loose? They rattled and they move a little bit. I know a lot of guys that run tall bars. When I always do a set of tall bars, I put a one-piece top clamp on Harleys. You know, mainly that's what, what we're talking about. Even the metric bikes, you can do the same thing. So the one-piece top clamp creates a lot more clamping force. So a lot of guys will go cheap, don't buy that, and then after a little bit of time or a year or two, that new chrome or that new bar, it's been compressed and it'll loosen up. So then what you have is you grab your handlebars and you pull back to, say, back it up, and your handlebars roll back on the risers. I don't know how many bikes I've seen where the, the bars, you can just move them at will. Now, I know a couple of guys that leave them loose like that for, say, they run out west to Sturgis or Vegas or something where there's a height requirement. Well, they leave them loose, so then they just pull those pricks down right? and gets them in their height requirement, and then they just push them up whenever they want to. So there's that side of it. But I would definitely check your handlebars. Are the bars tight? Are the bars moving inside the riser bushings? I typically buy, it's called alloy. It's by alloy art. The riser bushings are called good and tights. They're a different polymer of plastic, neoprene, whatever you want to call it. And they come with really, really good aluminum top and bottom, basically washers that act as your spacers that run through the center of the riser bushing as well. I've been putting those on for years and those pricks hold up just stout and they still give you the dampening effect. So that's, that's one thing that I would say, check your handlebars, check your control housings. Sometimes they 
tend to get loose and want to roll on you. That's outside of the normal, hey, check tire pressure, check tread wear, shit like that. Well, you're just full of useless, I mean, useful information (laughs) today, aren't you? Better than piss and vinegar, right? Right, right. Anything else that we need to look at uh, on a regular basis that, you know, you're out riding, I mean, shit, it shakes, things are going to come loose. Yeah, so exhaust clamps. Exhaust clamps are another big thing. I've seen a lot of head bolts work loose a little bit. Say you just installed, say last year you installed a new set of exhaust and you got them tight for the time. Well, through heating and contracting and, and stuff like that, those bolts tend to loosen up. Typically, I see it on mufflers where I see it the most at. They tend to loosen up. So every time I put a new set of pipes on someone's bike, I typically end the conversation with, hey, ride it five or 600 miles and then either bring it back or retighten all your bolts because new pipes, they will... They will get wore in, your gaskets kind of get wore into where the head pipes are and, and things like that. And you need to go back and retighten them. And why that's an important deal is that the head pipe, it'll create an exhaust leak, which could in turn affect your engine and it's basically it's running capabilities. Typically not a whole lot. Most of the time it's just the annoying tick, 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 tick coming out of the exhaust. And then on Harleys, I really see it at like on a touring bike specifically. Most touring bikes, if it's new enough, has a crossover pipe that runs underneath the bike behind the transmission. Usually that exhaust joint right there works loose. And then it it causes your mufflers to sit there and rattle. Just basically being stupid annoying. And then you run the risk of it, you know, falling off at one point in time. On a Harley touring bike, underneath your saddlebags, the mufflers bolt to a plate that's inside a rubber bushing. Well, if your exhaust clamp at the front of the muffler is loose, it can physically slide back far enough. If it's too far, the muffler will end up falling off on the front where it bolts up to the head pipe. Well, then that's that's bullshit. Then you got a muffler dragging. You got an exhaust that's just blowing way out. That muffler could get down on the road, jack up your muffler, or catch something and, and cause a wreck. So I always check those those exhaust clamps quite a bit actually and truth be told very seldom do people ever do this but when you put a new set of mufflers on it's a great idea to put a new set of clamps on too we call that common sense yeah 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 but we live in such a poor state anymore and everybody's poor with the economy the way that it is that that's the last thing they want to do is spend an extra 25 bucks after spending you know on average 600 700 on a set of dope ass mufflers you know, up to twelve or thirteen hundred dollars if you buy head pipes and mufflers. Well, it just seems to me that's insurance. Yeah, but people are cheap, man. Any way they can cut that corner. Yeah. Or they go buy that eBay shit and then try to throw away it all. Stuff on. from Taiwan. Yeah, yeah. Do you have any experience with that? I've read stories. <laughs> Bullshit. I can read. <laughs> can you read this? <laughs> yeah. So those are, the, those are the two big areas that I really see. And then obviously you always want to check. Typically people always just look at the tires and maybe their belt and their brakes, but check your freaking axles. You know, the nut that holds your axle in, check that thing. Almost all Harleys have some type of a clip or retaining pin that makes sure that that nut won't back off. But man, freaking check that stuff. Okay, so you've looked your bike over. Uh, one of the other things I wanted to talk about was And it's not just Harley. I'm not picking on Harley, um, even though I enjoy doing that. It's not just Harley. It seems like everybody going electric. Yeah, everybody is going electric. What kind of bullshit is that? 
It's not the bullshit I want to be a part of entirely. I'm going to drive fossil fuel vehicles. I saw a commercial the other day. It was a car and they were bragging how you can go 225 miles between charges. Wow. Now, how They never tell you how long it takes to sit there and charge. Yeah, which I'm not an expert in the electric field. They are getting their chargers to where it's relatively like 30, 45 minutes that you can go from zero to a full charge. And I'm not claiming bullshit. I, I don't know. Yeah, so. Yeah. I know they never talk about it. But one of the so greatest you things think about, about having a motorcycle is hearing that exhaust roar. Who That's wants to hear a motorcycle mom. go zzzz? <laughs> yeah. Instead of wapata, wapata, wapata. Yeah, Potato, exactly. potato, potato. Yeah, potato, potato, potato is what everybody wants. It's exactly right. So what are your thoughts about Harley and everybody else trying to go electric? You know who I haven't seen trying There's to go electric? There's nothing wrong with them having an option saying you want the, an electric bike. We have this one. Yeah. But to go across the board? I get it. I understand trying to hit the different demographic and all that bullshit. That's good marketing. It is, but man, fuck these yuppies. That's all I got to say. It's Amen. Like, you know what? Tough shit. You want an electric bike, go freaking rent the city's electric bike and ride around town. That's right. Go change your diaper and yeah. go down to the one of those rent-a-bikes. <laughs> Pretty much. Truthfully, that's what a lot of people will do anyway. Nobody wants the cost of ownership anymore, so they'll go and rent their electric bicycles, rent their electric scooters. And now, you like understand that, that um, we're going to piss a lot of people off with this, uh, our take on this. But yeah, that's what I do to best. be fair... The people that we piss off, I don't care that we piss those people off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is what they have, the luxury of changing the channel. Pretty much. I wish more people understood that, as opposed to screaming and bitching at us for having a point of view. You know, fucking don't yeah. listen if you don't like it. We get it. a lot of emails, so just let me pinch this one in the bud. Nip it in the bud, as Barney would say. Uh, don't send me an email. It won't get read. Yeah, not don't. past the first sentence. Yeah, I don't care, man. That's And, and I won't respond. That's just spinning your wheels. Yeah. That's the part of being able to say what you want. And for the time being and where we're at in America, we still have that luxury to be able to. That's right. I have no keepers. We'll say any damn thing we want. And if you don't like it, change the channel. Pretty much. Back to point. It is a cool. We do get sidetracked occasionally, don't we? A little bit. A little bit. It's a good idea for any manufacturer wanting to make money. But to have an option. Yes. Yes. I don't see them going 100% never producing another internal combustion engine ever again. You're cutting your demographic so, so far down. Yeah, you shoot yourself in the foot. In fact, you have two, not one, but two electric Indians Ish. in your stable. You know, I was going to say, I haven't seen Indian go electric. But I, haven't, I haven't seen Indian like on their big twins, their big bikes, talk about going electric. Granted, yes, what you're talking about is mini bikes. two little electric dirt bikes that I have. Truth be told, when I bought those, the guy said, hey, you know, I'll, I'll have to charge sales tax and all that because essentially in our catalog, this is a part. It's not a, it's not a titleable bike, if you will. That's right. He did say that. Yeah, it's just a part is what he said. So it's not entirely something they've built out as, hey, we're going to build a bunch of electric shit. I wonder if they just built those as a marketing tease. Oh, yes, yes. Well, we bought them at a flat track race. And I don't think you can uh, go online and see that bike on their website. I have no idea. Shit, I was... I've looked at their website about three or four times in the last week and all their lineups. Uh I've not seen that. Yeah, so it's it's built as a part. 
that's why you don't see it on any of their new bike lineups. But it's absolutely cool as shit. It's convenient as hell. The only thing my kids hate about it is they ride those batteries down fucking lickety split. That doesn't last long? It, it lasts couple hours if they're just solely oh they're just getting warmed up in a couple of hours yeah and they're my son everything's full throttle my daughter's not quite as bad but through our time they don't have typically a couple of hours at one time if at they least do, they're doing that and they're not on a device yeah yeah that is true they'll ride those things until they're dead and then they go jump on a four-wheeler or a dirt bike or the freaking honda metropolitan that i bought or got rather they love that stupid ass thing. So again, kind of staying with the theme with some minor sidetracks, um, riding season. Yeah, a lot of bikes uh, no longer have toolkits. I don't mean from the factory. I'm just talking about. Shit, they used to come reason. with them. How many bikes did you buy in the 70s and 80s that underneath the seat was a little plastic bag? Never. never. Bullshit. No, never have I ever bought a, a new bike back then that did not have a toolkit. Oh, I was going to say. I've got a toolkit in my uh, Victory, but it's not Victory. factory. <laughs> it's because you have Victory. You have to have one, right? i got to have a place to store my uh, tire gauge. Now, obviously, it's a good idea to have a toolkit, and I, I made one up myself. I used an old bank money bag, so you know yeah. it's, it's nice and fat, but it's not filled with any kind of money. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> you know, it's a thing. couple of things that a person, I think, should have in there. Obviously, a tire gauge, a socket with a um, spark plug socket. Yeah. A wrench uh, and a couple of spare plugs. So for you, like you would need all metric tools, you know, like 10 millimeter, 12 millimeter, 14 millimeter. Really? We've actually got to say that. You don't think people had ciphered that out? Yeah. I've never, not once, taken a toolkit. Never. Everybody thinks I'm fucking retarded for that, but hang on a second. I just gave you two beers and now you're taking a whole bottle of Jack Daniels and swigging straight from the nipple? Hey. Do I need to get a nipple for that or just put an umbrella in it? As long as it's got a double D on the end of it, you can put whatever you want. <laughs> so you back, have your standards. I do have standards. So back to it, like I've never taken a toolkit. And it's one of those things I tell a lot of people, hey, make sure you got a toolkit. You're taking a big cross country trip. Take a toolkit. Take a toolkit. Yeah. But me, never done it. Seems very hypocritical. Have you ever got caught flat footed with not having one? Oh, shit. Yeah, for sure. Have you ever got caught flat-footed that if you did have one, you could have continued on? So here's the thing. I've never not continued on is the problem. It's just minor hiccup and speed bump in the road where I've got to walk to some freaking store to buy a certain thing that I need to fix. But you're 100% right. If you're taking trips or if you're taking backcountry roads or some bullshit like that, I would even go as far as doing a patch kit and a plug kit for your tires. I do when I... Um, well, when I used to take cross-country trips, I carried a tire repair kit. There was a plug kit. Yeah. And it even had a little compressor. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, back in the day, before the compressors, I used to use that... Uh, Fix-a-flat. Fix-a-flat, that goop. Yeah. Oh. Pumps air in and a sealant in. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen a lot of guys run that. You know, in a in an emergency, that's that's fine. Yeah, for sure. But you should have absolutely something to fix a uh, for sure. tire. You can always tell about a person when you look into their saddle. Like for me, and I've got to do tires and bullshit, and I have to take saddlebags off to access the rear tire. And you have to open it up, and I always obviously see what they have in their bags. That's why my bags are always empty when I take it to your shop. Because so, the shit, I t they're empty when I get it back. Yeah, most people 
have a couple of rags and some spray wax so they can polish their shit up. That's their toolkit. It's like, yeah, okay, I see where your priorities are, I guess. But I would definitely have probably an adjustable wrench. I keep a crescent. Yep, a flathead and a Phillips head screwdriver, which not a lot of them anymore have. I got one of those screwdrivers that you pull the handle off. And, and flip it's got it. a bunch of bits. Well, no, it's just two, a flathead and a uh, Phillips. You flip it, put in the Phillip, flip it. Shit, anymore you need Allens, which they make those foldable Allen wrenches that go from, say, like an eighth inch all the way up to a 10 mil, Mm -hmm. something like that. So Allen wrenches, Torx bits anymore. If you could buy one of those little compact toolkits, usually O'Reilly's, Napa, Walmart, all that bullshit has them. That has some type of little ratcheting wrench with it, but it also has all these different bits and attachments a plug kit it wouldn't be a bad idea to carry an extra quart of oil depending on what your bike is and how it works you never know when you're gonna have a failure that's actually something i've never carried really no on cross-country trips i've never carried i never really had a bike that used or leaked oil personally for my own personal peace of mind i wouldn't go on a cross-country trip on a bike that spewed oil or i knew that every gas fill up i'm gonna have to check the oil it's like I told you that one time at a bike event that we had for Wounded Warriors. Yeah. And I looked at the bike and said, you know what? Your bike's leaking pretty good. He said, don't worry about it. It's how I know it's still working. <laughs> Touche. When it yes. stops leaking is was, when you have a problem. I think it was a pan head. Yeah, probably so. Yeah. So, it's just how it was, man. Oh, sure. Um, I'll bring, I also carry, like I said already, a couple of plugs. Yeah. Uh, any fuses that I would possibly need? Ah, touche. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. Fuses and on a Harley, the start relay is something that I see go Power out. pliers. Yeah. What else is in there? I have a couple of uh, open and box-in uh, wrenches uh, that are specific to a particular need, yeah. you know, for the size that I would uh, get the, stuck with. I would go, fuck, I wish I had one of those. In truest fashion, do you buy the wrenches and all the tools that say made in China on it too? No, I do not. Well, why? You got a metric. Because my metric's made in America, <laughs> you piece of shit. Fuck off. I mean, seriously. Anybody that's listened to us has already been down this road. <laughs> and right now, probably somebody's going, oh, shit, here we go again. Here we go again, yeah. When will it ever stop? Never. Yeah. I, well, if I ever bought a Harley, oh, yeah. it would stop immediately. Oh, for sure. But I wouldn't do that. I'd, if I had the funds, I'd buy an Indian. <laughs> Which, it would probably stop too, because Indians are made like Harleys now. Everything's made like Harley. Put together in America, but, uh, you know, made in China, made in wherever, fill in the blank, assemble yeah. in America. Yeah, that's the status quo for the time period we're at. So... Definitely. Even, you know, even if you're just riding around for the day, I think you should have a toolkit. In my saddlebags, you'll always find a toolkit and frog tog rain gear. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I couldn't tell you how many times I've gone out on a day that was beautiful and sunny, no rain in the forecast, and had to put on that rain gear because it got drenched. But why? Just run your soaking ass clothes. I'll tell you why. Then you could piss yourself and no one gives a shit. Well, that's that's in your wheelhouse. You can just let it rip going down the road. Did you see on the news sidebar? Did you see on the news that was this week? A lady had admitted she ran a uh, marathon and had to go to the bathroom and crapped her pants halfway through the marathon. No. Finished the marathon and put in her best time ever. 
No way. <laughs> yeah, she lightened the load. <laughs> yeah, just shake that thing out and keep going. <laughs> Kudos, my hat's off to her for admitting it. Stuff like that doesn't ever bother me. I'm just like, hey, you did what you had to do. You know, you you say the that uh, just go and let it the wind dry it out, and that's fine. But if you're in a torrential downpour and you're going to be in it for some time, it's nice to stay dry. West it's nice to stay me. warm because even on a hot yeah. sunny day, you get a nasty storm going. It's going to get cold fast because your body is not acclimated to it. That I mean, I see your premise behind that. I'm trying to learn you something, guys. I've been it. caught in so many that I don't. I truthfully just don't give a shit. So I'm wet. Whatever. I was riding through Kansas one time, and it was hot. I mean, ball searing hot. Okay. And uh, I saw up ahead a, a, just a thundercloud, and I thought, oh, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> and it poured on me and it poured and poured hard for about maybe at max two minutes okay yeah i would not put on a rain suit for that yeah but after that two minutes within three or four minutes i was completely dry again yeah and sweating yeah exactly that's and why it, i just don't give a shit yeah but i've also been in weather where i've seen something coming and I happened to be at a gas station or something, and it come down, and it was going to continue to come down the rest of the day. Uh, north, uh, western Colorado comes to mind. Well, that's a little bit different, homie. Yeah. Like, that air temperature is completely different. It's still summertime. It was still warm. And the humidity is completely different. Yeah. Like, you ain't so drying I keep out that, that on shit. That. It's, it's an old Navy acronym. Better to have it and not need it than need it and not have it. That's true. But where do you draw the line of packing your saddlebags so full of shit that you may or may not ever need as opposed to the stuff that you do want to have? Well, I travel light. And frog togs, as you know, will roll yeah. up tight. You roll them up super tight and put them in a Ziploc bag. You roll them up super tight wet, then you put them back on and they're crusty and moldy the next time. I don't do that. <laughs> I, mean, I got some sense to me, a little bit anyway. For me, that's two of the must-haves. One of the other things, I guess we're kind of getting off onto a side trip here. Um, if you're traveling long distance, must have lip balm. Lip balm, huh? Carmex is what I use. My two must haves are a big ass wad of cash. I guess there's more than one because I, I typically carry this. A wad of cash, a pistol, and a knife. For me, I can fix any situation with those three. I items. don't carry much cash when I travel. I have two cards, one hidden and one on me. And I have about $400 on a cross-country trip in cash hidden, not in my wallet. Might have a 20 in my wallet just in case. You put it down there by your ball sack. Yeah, slip nobody's going to look there. Exactly. That's why you put it there. Fold it up and put it in the <laughs> put crack, it crack your ass. Your ass. <laughs> yeah. You go ahead. If you're going to go there, you can have it. Yeah, yeah. But uh, about I'd... 400 bucks. But And I've never been on a cross-country trip where I've had to dig into the cash. Yeah. You know, as an emergency. Yeah, see, I just I just am a cash guy. Like, I, I love having it. I love looking at it. I love touching it. I love using it. Good thing to announce on a podcast. That I you're have cash. All, you're always loaded with cash. <laughs> but I also am you have a gun. With, loaded with a gun and a knife, yeah, too. Me, too. I'm not the smallest. I'm not the biggest guy in the world, but I'm not the smallest Two guy in the world. Two other things either. I keep in my uh, on a long trip. I keep um, a spare gas can with a gallon of gas. Yeah, One of those that was that. made for Harley bags. Yeah. Because on my victory, I have Harley bags, police bags. 
Imagine and that. It fits real nice in there. And more than once, I've had to pull that out yeah. and use it. Okay, so the one last thing I wanted to hit on uh, before we call it a day is ABS braking. Oh, okay, okay. I've had them in my cars. I've never yeah. had a bike that had them. I may have ridden one of your bikes that had it on there. Yeah. Um, I don't, in a car, it creeps me out when you hit the brakes on ABS, particularly if the surface is wet and it goes to bouncing. Yeah, yeah that pulse. That now, yeah, the pulse. Does it do that on a bike? No, no, I've, I've yet to see one lock up intermittently like that. Now I have seen them to where you feel the pulse. A little bit of a vibration. Yeah, typically that's because your brake fluid is shit or you've got an older module and the module is just not working quite right. Say like on a brand new Harley, you can't typically tell the difference. The only thing that I don't like about ABS is you can't lock it up. You literally cannot lock up ABS braking very well. So no doing burnouts? It, it, no, not necessarily that, but like I, I'm known to... Uh, freak a guy out and pull up and just lock the back brake up and let it slide a little bit and kick out. I typically like doing that bullshit. Accidentally, of course. No, no, <laughs> there's no accident about this human being. No, nah, I mean, probably there is. Your whole conception was an accident. <laughs> no, the results of the conception were an accident. This is not how they meant for it to be. No, but it is nice because it is somewhat predictable and you don't get into that freak slide situation. Say, say you're the type that freaks out and more is better. So you want to stop and it's all or nothing. You know what I mean? Like you just literally grab it and hang on. That is where it's nice. But to, to me, it seems like lack of education on how to break, particularly in an emergency. Yeah, the majority of the accidents that I've seen is from people freaking out and they grab their front brake. Yeah. They grab their front brake and then the handlebars turn a little bit and then that bitch just goes down. Or they just forget about the front brake and they stomp on the rear brake. I can't imagine, um, See, I can't they, believe how many times I've ran across people that never use their front brake. That's where all your stopping power is. Yeah, I I mean, I see it a lot. People are like, oh, my back brakes are probably shot because I use it all the time. Or my front brakes are really shot because I use them all the time. So front brakes, you can't control as much, in my opinion. Rear brakes, even if you get into a slide situation, you can control the slide. Shit, they used to teach you how to lay a bike down. They don't necessarily teach you that anymore. Well, everything's advanced so far that you don't necessarily have to lay one down. And I've been more on to the case of let's let's veer out of the situation. Say there's an accident in front of you or someone short stops you in front. Well, frick, take the shoulder. There are a lot of occasions where hitting the gas is the more appropriate response. Mm. You say that. How many times have you seen people in a death wobble situation that hit the brakes? Hitting the brakes in a death wobble it's situation the is the do. worst thing you can do. It accentuates it, makes it worse. Yes, exactly. You're supposed to accelerate through a death wobble yeah. and then slow down over a long period of time. Exactly. If you take nothing away from this podcast, take that Understand away. that, yeah. yeah. You get the shakes up there like you're a crack fiend, man, it, run through it. <laughs> run through it. <laughs> yeah. And practice your braking technique. Truth be told, even though if you're looking to get into a, a quick stop situation, you should be applying both. Absolutely. When you don't need to do it, practice good technique. 
There's yeah, that's always a good idea. It, it, it's very true. It, it's something that is innate. You have, you really should it has be to doing be muscle it. memory. Yes. Or you don't even think about it. Yeah. They, I mean, the saying practice makes perfect, right? So you always have to practice what you might do in a situation. That's like active gun owners and guys that are really enthusiastic about home defense and, and situational stuff like that. That's why they practice shooting guns. That's exactly right. If you don't uh, practice uh, with your gun, it's muscle memory. You will lose. You may be the best ever. Yeah. But if you put that gun down, you don't touch it for months. Yeah. You're not the best ever anymore. Exactly. It's being familiar with the situation that you're practicing for. I've got kids that are coming of age. What do you always do with that 14, 15 year old kid? You go out around here. I don't know about everywhere else, but you drive the back roads. You let them get familiar with what it is. Uh, With my oldest daughter, a lot of people don't like this, but I let her drive in the snow. And on the ice. That's a great idea. And I say, hey, mainly we stick to the back roads. But anyway, I'm like, okay, if you get into a slide situation, this is what you should be thinking about. This is what you should be doing. And I let her experience it before she's experiencing it by herself. And when it's real. Yes. So I think we're going to wrap it up there. Wrap it up twice if you're that worried. Good news. (laughs) With your permission, this week I'm going to come out and uh, videotape the 70s chopper running. Yeah. Because we've had so many people say, yeah, that's great, but does it run? How have we not done that? I have honestly no idea. That's totally my bad. So we're going to see if it'll start. Shit, son. And uh, get it on video. And of course, you'll be able to watch that on Patreon. Uh, You can always find it at patreon.com forward slash Ozark Rides. Or you can just go to Ozark Rides and join Patreon from there. So any last parting thoughts? Don't be a smartass. You had whiskey and beer. That's tough for me to do. Even 100% no alcohol involved. Like, I'm a smartass. I thoroughly enjoy being a smartass. You do. So, I mean, that was foolish of me to even say. (laughs) So, until next week, we hope that you get a lot of writing in. Give some thought to what we said. Maybe it'll work for you. Maybe it won't. And always stay on two wheels.